Shout out Moshe Aryeh. And David Schiller and Shimmy Schiller. I have a schos yearly of going to Eretz Yisrael for the last many years in January and we, many of us, have spent that precious Shabbos together and to spend really a magnificent Shabbos together. Friday, Erev Shabbos, Shabbos, Maitzah Shabbos, Sunday, and we spend a magnificent time together Shabbos. Between Friday and Shabbos, there are many opportunities to address Thailam, to learn Torah with Thailam. And it's important to me that I prepare the shir. So we have a shir in Teres Chaim yearly. We have a shir, we, we have the Friday night suda. There's an Einig, there's a Shabbos day, there's Shalashodis. There are a lot of times to be together. And I guess having an affinity to talk, so I talk a lot over that time. And I prepare those speeches on the plane before even the, the, the week leading up, I try very hard, you, as best as possible, you're learning with B'nai Taira to prepare what's important to say. I always try not to prepare the Shalashodis, not to prepare it, because I want it to be a response to what I experienced. I want to feel the event and, and really respond to Friday and Shabbos and not prepare, not come. And the Friday and the Shalashodis, which is probably the, the most of the Chevra is there, but I always try, and it's hard not to prepare that because it's scary, uh, you're unprepared for that. But yearly I don't prepare the Shalashodis speech. And my simple reason is I want to feel the event, I want to experience it, and then speak from that place that I'm holding in what's going on and be not prepared. There are many examples like this when you go places. I, I go to Los Angeles every year to write Wilk, and there's certain, there's certain times not to prepare, where if you just get out of all what you said and thought and thought it would go, and then like feel the experience, and say what's, say, be much more present, that preparing is very important, being present is also important. And speaking from within the situation, there are many times where you'll have this, this point and you want to speak from within the situation, not from your prepared words. So, I want to, I want to today really say things, I hope, I hope it's coherent, and with Siata Vishmaya, I hope that it comes it comes out coherently because I, I was not misad in my words and and I really this is the last the last time we're speaking together for a little while and many of the guys are headed I look around to all different from Avi headed to Schopa to Eli to Yehuda headed Naftali before Hassanim headed to their Chopas and many guys to Eretz Yisrael to Shara Torah to all different Eretz Yisrael Eretz Yisrael all different places Eretz, um, Pennsylvania Durham Connecticut all different places all different all different possibilities but um, I wanted it. I want to share. I want to share as follows a few things, but to start like this. I made this observation over the last number of years 
I had this tzedakah that I'm very into, this cause that I'm very into, that I, at tournaments in yeshiva, so I sponsor, it's, 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 an, expense, it's an expense that I want to do, so I sponsor drinks at all the tournaments in yeshiva for many, many years. I wish here we're not as mobile and it's a little harder to just get around and run around, but in yeshiva, I try, that the kemat, there's no such thing as a tournament in yeshiva, that I don't supply drinks for the whole tournament. And the very simple is I want guys up and around. It's very, very important to me. Guys in yeshiva are active. And if you just announce a tournament, you don't get so many people. And I think for guys steigen, they have to be active and involved and present and expressing and doing. And I just want guys up and around. And youngsters, if you don't push them, if I ask, who wants to play? I'll ask on a sleepy Sunday. Who wants to play football? Let's wait. But then you push, tug, fight, argue. You get it going, and a guy goes, and it's a good excuse. Man, we have to do this every week. It's great. That's the nature of, of people. Is there li- people are heavy, and to, to move and be active is not always so easy. And I want guys called to be active. Involved and active, that's their ruchniyastika step they have to take to get to the next step, to the next step. So I want movement and I want a guy, once he goes, to have a great experience. It was fun, geschmack. That's why we developed the double elimination tournaments. I don't want anybody to get out of bed and be knocked out in one game. So we have a very funny system that one and one is the same as one and oh. Happens to be, I like the. You know, I'm a visual guy. I like that you lost the first game, you won the second, as good as winning the first. I happen to think that's a very deep point, that one and one is equal to one and oh. I appreciate that a lot. Before Elul, that's, the whole Elul schmooze is one and one is equal to one and oh. You won the second game. You won the second game. Tshuva's kilu, it never happened. Yet. One and one is the same as one and oh. So if you had to like sum up the whole Dura, maybe you could even sum up. If somebody said, Don, what's about the yeshiva? One and one is the same as one and oh. In a tournament, that's, so it's a very, very, it's a very good yesaid anyway. Guys, always this, for 11 years, right, Thaler, guys, after, I don't get it, you know, I don't get it. We won our first game, they lost, and then especially, because after you, if you go 1-0 and oh, and you go 1-1, one and one, you're in round two, and round two is single elimination. So for 11 years, I'm like defending that team that goes 1-0, and oh, and then they lose the next game. I don't get it, we're 1-1, and one, so we should get another, no, no, no. You were 1-0, oh, you got into the second round. They had two chances. Now the reason we do it is not for this visual, though I do like 1-0 and oh being the same as 1-1. One and one. I happen to appreciate that. But the reason we simply do it is a guy got out of bed to come play, I don't want him to be knocked out after one game. So the simple thought of the tournament is you automatically get two games. So nobody will ever, it's frustrating ever to play anything, and after one game you're like, done. So it's, it's double elimination. But if you went one and no, now I know you're going to get a second game. So you're in the next round. So to, you get two games to get in the single elimination tournament. That's, but the bottom line is I want guys to be active, and I want the... Ex- like I don't get it. we won our first we're one and zero, oh, and then we lose the next game they were one and one and they're somehow in the championship they're advancing we're one and one and we're out because if you went one and zero, oh, you advanced and now if you lose your next game you're out if you lost your first game now you got a second chance to get in the next round 
So if you're 0 and 1, you get to be 1 and 1, and then you advance. 1 and 0, you've already gotten in the next one. Right, right, right. That's the point. You have two chances. And always some teams get eliminated and don't make the next one. That's you still win the second game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on your team, you know. <laughs> okay, it's a weird it's a weird tournament. This is what we do. We just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Usually it works. You have to like hedge. There's a lot of math and you should, people, it bothers me. People say we don't have a good English system. Our tournaments, we learn more math. But when you have nine teams, double elimination, the chesbonus are, we have more math. Guys, guys are like geniuses, mad. They're going to like deep educational things. Just the, our, math, our tournaments, guys learn like seven teams, and 18 joins in middle, then the math just totally explodes, and yeah, it's gishmak. Okay. You have to remember, if there are eight teams, so math, it's like easy, eight, four, two, one, champion. When you have double elimination, eight teams, it's much more complex, because after the next year, you're left with six teams, very, very schwer so Then you're left with three. Hey, you can't do three in a semifinal. The caches, the turutsim, not for now. Ain't got But <laughs> you have to learn the Waterbury math. One plus one is the same as one. One and one is the same as one and zero. That's all you have to know. The bottom line is, Rabbi Say, is that so for many, many years, I like sponsoring drinks. I want a guy to have a great time. He got up, he got around, he drank, it was a schmack, it was a whole party. And this way, it's mechazik that he comes to more things, he comes to stuff. It was just a good experience, and, and then you come stuff, you're around, you're with people, you're, they're rebellion always by the, right, Brownstein's always there, Rebezi's people are there, it's a, it's a geschmack, and it's not long before the guy is just growing, steiging, it's a very positive step. The bottom line is, is that I observed when you buy drinks for guys, <clears throat> all the time after tournaments, so... You, you put away the drinks at the end. There are always many, many drinks that are barely drank from. A guy takes like two sips of the Gatorade, and or three sips or half the bottle, and the Gatorade is lined. And I noticed there's a tremendous amount of Gatorades that are not finished. And it's obvious to me that because a guy gets the Gatorade, if he paid for that Gatorade, he would finish it. But because it's a free Gatorade, he doesn't appreciate it as much. He got it for free. If he paid for it, he'd finish it. I have no doubt. But it's free, so even the water, so you have half the water bottle, you got it free. What we pay for, we appreciate more. That's the reality. There, there are people on care of organizations that charge a certain amount for things they give, and they charge, I know somebody runs a trip to Eretz a care of trip, and it's sponsored. But he charges the participants like a minimal fee, and just what you pay for, you appreciate. What's free, we tend to devalue, and the mitzvahs, our nature, is what we pay for, we tend to value. It has value to us. I paid for this. It's important to me. And when we get for free, we tend to devalue. And I see it because the drinks, the guy got it free, so he gets a gator. And I see a lot of guys more than, and it's pasha to me, if he'd buy that drink, it would be completely finished. Because he, he bought it. It has value. He got it as a gift, doesn't have value. Arye Weiss, Rav Arye, who gives us so much, once in a blue moon will charge for things that he gives. Even this very camp that he charges, he, he charges, he, he, it's at a huge loss. This is not a money maker. People were like expressing that this camp had a lot of nisim. 
and many places weren't zeichet to all these nisim. Nobody makes money. This is a losing proposition. Nobody. There's no, you could have a not-for-profit, but there are people being paid big money. No, this is not, this is, this is completely, this is what, there's no, not an aspect of business to this, zero. It's completely, so B'nai Tyre can get closer to Hashem. So of course the Siyat HaDishmaya, what's the, what's the shock? There's no aspect of a business. Now, even Rev. Aryeh charges, he does not do it to defray the cost. It's just not what he does. He spends so much, it's not the chiluk. He just wants people to value what they have. If it's free, people would be, it wouldn't be that many areas that wouldn't come out as good. He's giving something you pay. Some of his trips, he gives like a minimal fee. He's not doing it to defray costs. a very smart idea. People paid for it. There's a certain respect and value to what they get if somebody pays for something. When somebody gets something completely for free, the tendency Hashem designed us is not to value it. And one, val- one gain of paying for something is that the Mitzvah is we appreciate it more. That's how it works. The Gemara in Baba Kama, one of my favorite expressions in Shas, the Gemara says, Asya da Asya bimogen mogen shave. A doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. A doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. And it's just if you don't pay for it, it's not a, it's not a good experience that you didn't pay for it. It could be even part of it is, by the way, part of the word a doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. Part of the word could be, what's this word that he heals for it, is that the, the rush says, it's interesting, the medicine works <coughs> that if you believe in the guy, it gives him kayak. The rush says that. It's very important to trust in your doctor. If you believe in anybody, you give them power. If you believe in a bacher, you believe in him, you give him power. You don't believe in somebody, you take away his power. Believing in somebody gives kayak. So rush. The rush says if the mazik, a guy's mazik, his friend, and the mazik's a doctor. So the doctor says, I don't want to pay Ripley for doctor bills. I'll heal you. I'm a doctor. Why should I pay for your doctor bill? I'll heal you. This way I don't have to pay anything. The nizik could say, Domisa alai. To me, you're considered ka'ari arbil, like a wild lion. You're an animal. I don't trust you. I don't have trust in you. What's, what does it mean? I'm the best doctor in the world. I mean, you don't trust me, so what, do I, so what do I care about your feelings? Says the rush, medicine works. If you believe in the guy, he can heal you. If you don't believe in him, it won't work. The belief gives the doctor his kayak. The fact that you trust him gives him his strength. If you don't believe in him, it won't work. It could be. The rush doesn't say this on why a doctor heals for nothing is worth nothing. But it could be. Part of it is that if you didn't pay for him, you don't believe in him. You didn't invest in him, so then you don't have a trust and a belief. You didn't invest. You invested, so now you believe in him. Now you have some, you invested in this person. You believe in him, he has it. Now the rush doesn't say it there, I admit. And there are other factors, but a doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. Something gets value when we pay. One is we appreciate it more. The practical part is it's more precious. I paid for this. This is valuable to me. I paid a lot for this. It becomes very valuable. Things in general that you're gifted. People know that if you're gifted money, this is like famous, people win the lottery, they lose the money very easily. It's a Pasuk and Mishle, of course. Every wise thing is in the Torah. 
But we know there are articles of people, lottery winners, tend to squander the money. And there are a lot of articles and things written. I've seen stuff written about this. People get come to easy money. People who inherit a lot of money. A father, like, will amass wealth, killing himself. A kid inherits and he busts the whole business in, like, years. Because he got it for free. He got it easily. What you work hard, you value, you cherish, it's important to you. And what comes easy, the nature is not, it's, you don't value, you're not as careful, and people squander it. It's a pasuk in Mishlei. Shlei Melech says, Hoin may hevel, instant wealth. Hoin, wealth, may hevel from nothingness. Instant wealth, hoin may hevel, yamayat, disappears. Instant wealth disappears. Koyvitz al yad. But if somebody gathers slowly, year bed increases. What you work for and struggle for, you have a tremendous appreciation of. You are greater attached to that which you work for. Much, the nature of work and difficulty attaches you much more. I want to tell you something. You're all meant. We have chasanim here, youngsters. You'll see when you get married and have a child, your wife is going to be a mother in an instant, and it takes a long time for dad to catch up. I've seen this myself. I'm talking experience. The wife instinctively is a mama. She's a mother the second the baby's born. In many areas, you're struggling to care about the kid. Oh, he's so, the wife's, he's so cute. She's like loving him. Like, oh, he's so cute. And you see this like kid, like all full of stuff on him. (laughs) And you're struggling being real. She's deeply connected and you're trying to connect. Just the truth. And I've spoken to friends who are honest. It's the truth. It's not so easy, by the way. It's a real thing. She's a mama, like, to every core of her being. And you're trying to be dad, and it takes much longer. Till you, and, and, you, and you work at it. It's interesting that a mama's a mama right away, and a dad. There's a lot to this, and I've thought about this a lot. Everything's from Hashem. I've thought about this a lot. Why Hashem? I, thought, I have a whole, like, sugya. I could see on a bachar who has fatherly love and who has motherly love. And I have a whole sheet of what it means. I, I, I never, like, said it fully because it's not, I don't have enough rayas. And Hashem is considered feminine and, and male and female. And there's stuff there. The shechina, Shabbos, is ba and boy and bum. There's, there's, there's big stuff here that there's, there's feminine, there's male, there's different types of love. Love, what the love of a mama, what the love of a tata, it's very different. And the development of the love in the mama and tata is very different. A mother's a mother in a second. And a father, like till a father is a father, is much more labor, much more work, fatherly love. It's very interesting. To get in touch with that fatherly love is much... And one of the reasons is obvious to me. Why a mama's a mama right away is because she, 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 she paid much more than you. The kid grew up in her. She was bitzar. She had tsar leda. Nine months, she was ca- the kid was developing in her body. Of course, she's more attached. She hears him when you the baby's crying. Like you didn't hear. Your pasha didn't hear. She hear. There's like a there's a there's a connection and attachment that's wild. And a man develops it and gets it. It's, of course, it's from him, and he has that attachment. But he has to get in touch with it with his attachment to the child. And it's obvious to me that because she invested much, much more than him, she invested in that sire that she has a deeper connection quicker. That's obvious that a mama has that. 
It's fast as an aside, we say, Kirachim of Albanim came to Rachim Hashem Aleinu. We ask for Achmanus of a father and a son. Isn't the mother more Merachim? That's just an aside that I want to ask you, Akasha. Kirachim of Albanim came to Rachim Hashem Aleinu. Why don't we say, Kirachim Eim Albanim came to Rachim Hashem Aleinu? Doesn't a mom have much more Achmanus than a father? So what do we say, Kirachim of Albanim? Aside, back to this sogya that I want to focus on is that a that a, a mother since she invested, she's deeper connected to the child quicker. She invested, she paid a much steeper price than the man, and as such has a deep, deep relationship. So it makes us care when we invest. It makes us care more about the thing we invest in. We paid for this, it's valuable to me. It makes us connected, more connected. And this is this is my work, this is my money. I want, to, I want to tell you, and this is something that was, it was, it, was one, it was an experience in my life. If I had to write down like a certain number of experiences, my first paycheck, I was a counselor in camp and I have a big, my Rebbe trained, I'm a big Balshit. Do you see the way Shimon worked? This waiter here worked. All of us watched him work at Kiddush Shemayim. And Ernst, the guy, busted it. The guy worked his kishkas. What an Ernstkeit. Somebody has a job and works hard. It's something my Rebbe always pushed us. And a certain integrity. You're hired, you do something, do it. Bishlemus. By me, you're hired to ref a game, you run to half court. You don't stay back at the other end. When the game's the other end, you, you know, you're sitting back, you're on the phone leaning against the pole. This is your job to ref the game. You run, to, you're in it. You're in, you were paid for something. Let's go. I like integrity. And you're hired. You watch Adam, the whole chevr. You're refoiled, the whole chevr. You see? It's a kid of Shemayim. Sincere people, they're hired for something, doing the work, and so, so nice and kindness, amazing. But my Rebbe taught us a lot of integrity. So I was hired to be a counselor. I brought it. I tried to be a counselor fully, to get, be it and do it fully. <laughs> Afterwards, they used to pay, there were no tips in camp, and they paid like $1,000. And I got a check for $1,000. My nature is I'm not so into money. There are people who are very drawn to money. By nature, that's not my, I think my grandmother, my, my mother's mother despised money. She literally hated money. I've never seen a human being in my life like that. Her parents were killed by the Nazis. And she always felt that they didn't leave Germany. They were cheshbainas. So money was very, very, in a real way, not in a natural way, in a way that, that was from circumstances. Money was like real, like in a real way. Money was like excessive to her. She didn't, obviously you need money to live. But she did, not, she did not have the normal feelings to money. For good reason, she felt her family was killed for that reason. So whatever it is, Lomai said, could be I got it from that attitude. I don't know. But money was never like my big, my big draw. Now we certainly need money. And money is important, extremely, extremely important. It's very, 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 very important. And we daven baruch aleinu, we need parnasa. Hashem and His kindness gives us money. Tzadik ma'medakim It's a gift from Hashem and a tool to acquire, to support our families 100%. But I never like ran after it like with this drive. And I got that $1,000, it like meant a lot to me, a lot. It was like so precious, I, it's something, it's, it's an event in my life. Strangely, it would be on an important event in my life, the $1,000, and I learned that if you work for something, it's very valuable. I worked for that money, I worked hard for it. I wanted to buy something very precious with that money, 
Eventually, I brought my wife a leichter with that money. That was very, very important money to me. Very. Because I worked hard. I needed to turn it into something important. It was very important to me. And I learned the lesson that if you work hard for something, it's valuable. If you work hard for something, it's very, very valuable. You're touching schar when you think about this, rewards. And this is how Hashem designed us. What you work hard for, what you invest in and put in for is very, very valuable to a person. This is true in all our acquisitions. At a seum of a guy who like killed himself to make the seum. There's a joy there, lev yada maras nafshay. A heart knows the difficulty in acquiring something. And in its joy, nobody really can mix in. We're all at the same. But the guy, oh, he brought it. He worked hard. He knocked himself out. It's interesting. I want to tell you, as Chatai and Imazkir, in Fort Log, somebody wanted to make a seam. One of the Chashiva B'nai Torah. I was very pressured the last two days. A lot was happening. Guys were leaving. I wanted to say proper goodbyes. The guy wanted to make a seam, and I wasn't mechabit to see him enough. And he got emotional with me, like describing, you know what the seam means to me? How hard I worked. He was right. I didn't, I see him, I love see him. But he described, he was able to articulate, you know how much I work to make this seam, you're not giving it its proper respect. He was completely accurate. A person invests and puts in, there's a joy and a simcha and an appreciation you invested in this. You paid for this and you invested. I want to say hardship, hardship, so paying for something connects you to the thing, makes you value the thing, makes the thing important. Hardship also forces you to ask to assess the value of something. I have found myself asking Hashem different times. In the yeshiva, we have faced many challenges, many from the government. I've asked Hashem, like I've asked, I found myself questioning. We're trying to make a place, a sincere place. Wouldn't you make this easy? We're trying to do something. I think we're trying to do the right thing. Wouldn't you make it easy? And I very much think, well, think I, I've had this thought many times, that when it's hard and things are hard, if things are easy, you don't have to dig deep inside of yourself to say, what do I want to do? Why am I doing? You don't connect to the thing as much when it's easy. You do it, geschmack, yeah, woo. When it's hard, you have to ask, should I do this? Think it's right, and you dig much deeper you get, have a drive and a sense, no, no, I need to do this. A resolve grows. You get a greater resolve, a greater sense of, of do I really want to do this? Should I do this? I'm very into making decisions and deciding to do things. I like that at Davening in Durham, every guy who's there decided to be there. There was no gun, no detention, no suspension. I don't think that's appropriate for a 15-year-old to give him detention. I think you don't have deciders then. At a certain age, a guy's, I think bar mitzvah, a guy's got to start 15, 16. A guy's got to decide to do things. I don't like that you have a room full of guys. Nobody decided anything. They were going to get detention or suspension or who knows what if they, that's not kishmat. So I like you come to a davening. Every guy in that room decided to come to it. It's very powerful. When you go through challenges, you become a bigger decider. Otherwise, you're floating. You're just, a challenge says, I like I, I've noticed this summer, if I say, let's notice, I'm enjoying it, to be honest. 
Guys, maybe I shouldn't go to Eretz Yisrael. Maybe I shouldn't go to Yeshiv. Maybe they're every place like challenges. And guys, maybe I won't go. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because now if a guy goes to Eretz Yisrael, he decided. Instead, okay, I hop on the plane. Eh, wee Three years, you know, what does Taras Chaim tell me? Okay, first, first, second, third, fourth. Lake, boom, boom. Like, yeah, it's all been the same. Your screen, your, your play has been written. You follow. Like, they give out parts in a good car. No ad-libbing here. Just to keep. I was always a terrible actor. So, Kalish, don't ad-lib. Just say the line. They had me in the plane. I was a terrible actor. My mother was a judge in Heller for years. So, they figure if I'm in the play, they'll bribe her. Like, she'll more likely to. But a terrible actor. Just not a good actor. So, you know, if you're not a good actor, just read your screen. So the guy's reading his thing. Reshit, year one, Shana Bet. Okay, after Shana Bet. Why you? Like, it's all written out and just follow the script. Let's go. Let's go. So you follow the script nicely. Be a good boy and follow the script. And you nicely follow the script. Very good. Geschmack. I like this summer that the script has been all ripped up. Sorry, it's all the whole script. Done, ripped up. That's okay, little cut. That was just a little teeth where I wanted to show off that skill. But anyway, the whole script has been You're ripped up. <laughs> they can't they get in the play one scene? You're ripping something up. Come on. But I, <laughs> the kids' advarm is is that the script has been ripped up. Because maybe I won't go back. Hardship does that. Challenges and hardships say maybe I should opt out becomes very, very challenging, and you say, maybe I should opt out, I don't have to do this. And such an important factor, then you choose to do it. Hardship makes you ask, why am I doing, what am I doing, should I do this? That's what hardship does. It forces this whole, it forces something deeper in ourselves, something much, very important. There's a reason Chazal tell us that all valuable things, Torah, Eretz Yisrael, and Olam are all nikness biyasurim. I like the word nikness, they're acquired. An acquisition means it's seared onto my essence. It becomes who I am. It's not something I'm doing. Gishmake, shana alam, shana when it's difficult, it becomes who you are. It's nickness. You acquire it. It's you. It's no longer outside of you. It becomes you and, you and what you're doing become the same. And often I think about the hardships in yeshiva, and I thank Hashem for the hardships. Because otherwise, woohoo! I've seen so many youngsters have dreams and like, oh, I'm going to have a certain type of house. Woohoo! And then there are hardships to have to do a certain way, to do it. There are difficulties and real friction. How many guys, I'm going to be a certain type of husband, I'm going to have a certain type of positive happen. It's all cute. What happens when you face friction? That determines do you really want this? How hard are you going to work? What are you willing to pay for this? How important is it to you? And it forces you to own what you do. It forces you to connect to what you do. It's a whole different thing. You, do you really want this? Are you going to own this? Is this... Are you going to own this? I like... I happen to do... I do the interviews in yeshiva. I like that I look a bachar in the face and I tell him to come because I want to own it that I told him to come because I want to I wanna, I wanna owe him the world I told him to come. When you, when, you, when you have to pay for something, when something's precious to you and important to you and you're going to back it up with everything you got, you're connected to what you committed to. You're connected to it. It's important to you now. 
now you've paid, but paid, but really paid for it. It's very, very important to pay for things. Three things are not so valuable. Three things you toss out after three drinks, three sips, and you toss it on the side. You know why? Because you didn't pay for it. And you didn't pay for it, it wasn't very important to you. So you drank a few drinks, and then we'll collect after the game a lot of half drink waters and, and Gatorades. But if you paid for it, Whoa, now it's precious. Now it's important. And I want to say to the guys that this is an unusual time. And guys are nervous with all the different decisions. And it's unusual times. And a guy has to ask, going to yeshiva is quite the price. In earlier generations, a guy went to yeshiva. A guy went off to yeshiva. The Mesir Asnefesh was wild, typically. I'm not saying always was this way. There were many periods in our history. To go to yeshiva, you didn't know when you were going to see a pair. You were crossing borders and countries that were in flux. A lot of the early 1900s. To go to yeshiva, you said goodbye to your parents. When will I see you again? And they, they, they loved their parents like you and I. had wonderful homes. And you said sayonara. They often missed your wedding. Because just it, was, it wasn't so simple. Countries were changing. Your, the whole Europe was in a tremendous state of flux. And cut, you'd pass the border with your visa, and then you couldn't go back. Because at that point, it was a different country. There, was, there were a lot of challenges. Travel wasn't simple. And often, you just read books. Of, I'm very into Gdailan books. The, the next time that he saw his parents, he was married with two kids. It was massive, Monsieur Snevish, to leave your city. And people would go to yeshiva. They didn't, they didn't necessarily, obviously, Mayor Shapiro changed things a lot and made yeshiva much more the way we have it today. Bechesed Hashem, that we have food and well taken care of. Even where am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? There were so many questions and so many challenges. And a guy went to learn. He was owning that decision to learn. It was a chiddush. Many didn't go to learn. And the guy who went to learn had to own the decision. And we don't apologize. We thank Hashem for this. Tremendous chesed Hashem. A guy goes to learn today. is put up in a beautiful palace. And the yeshiva doch owes him trips. And this gishmak. And he gets, he, gets, he gets Gatorade at tournaments. Gishmak. Nothing. Gishmak. We thank Hashem. We're appreciative. But it came a time today. Hashem is asking us all to pay. And you should know it's very valuable to pay. Very, very valuable to pay. And a guy should know in making a decision, paying forces you to ask yourself deeply what I want to do, what's important to me, why do I want to do it. It forces much deeper decisions. After all, I'm paying for this. And it forces you, it connects you to why I go. The guys know that I want a bacher to go with a machshava. I don't let guys take shliach mitzvah money. It's not a cute shtick at zero. I don't let a guy, I oh, see, so you're not allowed to take shliach mitzvah money. Knock it off. Nobody's allowed to give you a dollar. Because they're giving you shliach mitzvah to go to Eretz Yisrael, so your plane shouldn't be damaged. Shluchei mitzvah, and you're going to learn Torah. I want a guy to shout at the one giving, I'm going to learn Torah. I'm the best shliach mitzvah in the, in the world. It's not a shtick. I want a guy, his mind should be aflame. I'm going to learn Torah. should clarify what he's going, why he's going. I told you a Misa that I want to repeat over. I want to repeat over. I want you to hear this, this Nakud, because I want this voice to go in every guy, wherever he goes. Remember what he went for, wherever yeshiva you're going. Why am I going there? Wherever you go, there are challenges. And even though I say it's easier today, we have plenty of our challenges, and our challenges count too. 
remember why you went. And challenges are good that they bring out. One second, why did I come here? What am I trying to pick up here? What do I want to pull out of here? It keeps a focus and creates a focus challenges. So why did I come here? So what do I want to do here? So what do I want to be busy with? The, I heard the story of Yitzchak Izrahi, who's the son-in-law of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. So he said there was a guy, I, I, I'm going to say his raspy voice because that's how I heard it. Reb Yitzchak Izrahi, everybody knows, he has a shouting, very like powerful certain type of voice. But I'm going to say it exactly as I heard it. I'm not a great imitator, but this is how I remember it. Reb Yitzchak Izrahi said that there was a guy in the mirror who was a Mishonadik Amasmid. And people asked him, like, where did he get such a smother? And he said that his mother was in Almana, and at some point he thought his mother missed him a lot, and he thought maybe he should go home to his mama. And he went to Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the great Mir Rosh Hashiva, and he said, Rebbe, I left my mother in Almana, and maybe I should go home, she needs me, maybe I should go home and stop learning. Reb Chaim Shmulevitz looks up at the Bachar, and he shouts, Tuat gilost mama alein. Shouts, that's how Yisrachi says of not Rebchaim Shulavitz. You left your mother alone? Shouting at him. Tuat gilost mama alein. You left your mother alone? The guy was like shamed. <coughs> Rebchaim, the great Mir Rashivish, screams at him. Tuat gilost mama alein. You left your mother alone? You're crazy. The guy, the guy was, said he was in the airport already. He was in Ben-Gurion. Reb Chaim, the Mir Rashiv is screaming, you left your mother alone. He already was Mamish in Ben-Gurion Airport. He, was, he, he already was, he's, he's on the flight. He pushed it, was, he, was, he was visualizing where he's, is he going to sit in the middle seat? He's get in the aisle seat already, he was thinking. He's going to get the aisle seat, push it, the middle seat, and, and who are you next to? Oh, Hashem Yerachim, plane rides. <laughs> who are you going to be next to? You left your mother, he was already handling who he's going to sit next to. We could talk for hours about who you sit next oh, yeah. to. <laughs> but okay, it's a long sugi. All of us know planes, amen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kids are, you left your mama alone? The guys are ready in the airport. Reb Chaim said it repeatedly to him. You lost the mama alone? The guy was, he said it, Reb Chaim said it over and over to the guy. The guy was feeling like such a sense, how had I even think to do it? Afterwards, Reb Chaim Shmulev, it's the great Mir Rashiva says, you're right. You're right to be here. You're learning Hashem's Torah. It's good for you. It's good for your mama. Just remember why you're here. He said, the guy said that he learned with such a sense of purpose. And whenever he said that he felt a little shvachkeit, he'd hear Reb Chaim Shmulevitz's voice. You left your mother alone? Remember there was a purpose. There was, some, there was a reason, yeah. There were a lot of reasons not to go. You left your mother alone? Somebody offered my son, before he went there to Israel, a job for $200,000, something like that. I was so mad. What are you telling my son? I wanted to go learn. But on further analysis, I was very happy. I want him to learn to know I gave up such a job. I want him to remember that. There are a lot of things you could do, a lot. You know, like Shana Bet, somebody wrote you a script. And you, there are a lot of things you could do. Anybody would understand you don't go to yeshiva now. Anybody would understand. You go somewhere, own the decision. Decide to go there, decide what you're trying to get from there, and own it. Own it. 
Pay for your experience, connect to your experience, and own it. I came here for a purpose. I came here. I don't want a guy to take a dollar because we're just not free. Just like there's no thought. Like, hey, somebody gets shliach mitzvah money. Why are you getting shliach mitzvah money? You're not going to learn? The guy's like, I don't know. Oh, learn. Oh. <laughs> she should be on fire. It should be a joke to him. He's getting on that plane. It's hard to leave. I bring my kids from the hardest day of my life. From the hardest day. They're bringing the kids to the airport. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's painful. Very painful. I can't stand when my kids leave home. I hate it. Can't stand it. I don't like my kids go away for a Shabbos. Ever. I like the kids home, the family, mishpacha together. It's a terrible day. Very difficult day. We drive to the airport. And there's only one reason. So all I tell my kid, this is terrible, and we're crying, it's hard. We were the second most emotional people in the airport, for sure. You remember who the most was? Who was the most? Avrami Garden. That's it's true. It's true. It's true. Let's just speak the truth. It's true. <laughs> the mindset's it's a difficult, difficult day. It's overwhelming. The, 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 the kids going to Israel, but they're going for a purpose. They're going for a purpose. It costs and it's hard, but I'm going for a purpose. I want to learn to, it's the only reason. Say, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? I couldn't. We're going for a purpose. There's something I want to get there. And I'm going to get it because I came for it. I gave up a lot in going there. There's something I want to get. There's something I want to get. When a guy should be on his mind fire. Somebody says, I want to make you a shliach mitzvah as a dollar. Are you, are you crazy? Are, are you just... <laughs> you think I'm, go, I'm like going to Ben Yehuda, maybe along the way, like somebody will recruit me and I'll learn? Then take a lot of money. Take, take all the money. <laughs> the, the guy, he's going to learn Torah. I'm going, I, I can't, I don't think you understand. I'm getting on a plane for one reason. The football league's wonderful. Geschmack. I'm going for one thing. I don't, I don't know what you told You should be so weird at ask me, I want to make you a shliach mitzvah. You should, you should faint like it's so... <laughs> you're like running somewhere for a mitzvah. Kulay l'shma, kulay machshava toiva. So I want to make you a shliach You should faint and call... They should, they should need to call Hatzalah to revive you. What are, what are you thinking about? What's he thinking? I, I don't even know what the whole show is. What's going on? I'm going for one reason. I'm going for a purpose. <coughs> But a person has to think, and paying for something is very, very valuable. That it forces. There's a two-week quarantine, a big price, big price. Let me think. Why is this worth it? Two-week quarantine, and then how much is elbows? I'm two weeks. I'm locked up. I'm gonna, I'm going there to a share of a Zoom. I want a Rebbe. So why am I going? What am I going for? What? Am, and then go get it. You paid for it. Think through it. Decide what's important. Just make a decision. It costs. Any decision, any place, any yeshiva in America, you're going somewhere, own up. Why are you going? There are other choices to go. I like that there are choices. A guy comes back from it, it's all different choices. So I chose this, and I gave up in each decision. I could have had other decisions, but I chose this. What am I trying to get from this? And then go get it. And then go get it. Pay for your decision. Think through your decision. And then own what you decided. Own it. Own what you decided. Own it.
It's me inyan le inyan inyan. I can't say it's exactly the same in my mind's for tumult. So I'm not, it's not the exact same inyan, but it's me inyan le inyan inyan. Originally, when Corona was first, wait, before Purim, it was first like being spoken about. In China, there, there's a lot going on. I had a tremendous pachad. I was very, very scared. My wife said, you're obsessing on this. I don't, very early in yeshiva, I was talking to the guys about it obsessively. I had a sense, I don't know why, I don't know, I don't know looking back, was I right, wrong? I had a sense that this is very serious. Before most people in yeshiva, I think I was the first taking it seriously, I was very, very worried. My wife told me to the point, she said, you're obsessing on this, what is this thing you're obsessing on? I was very, very worried about it. And, and I st- was thinking, I was scared. Remember, this is before we even chapped what age, and it, the way it came out and turned out, and we care about our elders tremendously, and we lost G'dayli Eilam. But bef- this was even before, there's a fear, there's a different fear when you're scared for your own life. Halavai, Halavai, we were scared for somebody else's life, like our own, and we all have elderly people in our lives, but it definitely changed. At the original, you're scared for your child, for your, for, from five-year-old, you knew nothing. You just knew a dangerous machla that's around. There wasn't a lot of information. For some, I didn't. We weren't aware. Then it became more clear that this was dangerous for old people. And then, then we all have old people that we care tremendously in our life. Things started forming. But this is before everything was getting clear and forming. What our fear was, who was in danger, what the nature of the danger was. But originally, the the, the sense this is dangerous for every person. Again that it's dangerous for elders is, is, is a tremendous scary thing. We have to do our part to protect elders. For youngsters, it's not statistically a danger at all. It's not a sugya for elders. And certainly youngsters have to do their part to protect the elders in their life. And we all care about our parents, our grandparents. Certainly somebody over 75, 80, it's dangerous, no question. Very dangerous. And we care about them tremendously, our zikainim. Lemaisa, I was very, very scared and thinking a lot. I can come from a Gemara that, that I was analyzing, but I want to I wanna just say like this, that in being scared about something, so what's your response? You're, I saw, I, you could be scared about your life, so how do you respond? You're scared your car will crash, you have to get something new and you're very protective of it. You could respond just by having fears and you have fears, that's it. You could also have a much healthier response to fear. Hey, I'm afraid to lose life. I'm going to hold on to life more. I'm going to value this. Could you imagine how sad it is to get a brand new car and all you have is anxiety that the car gets smashed? Isn't that tragic? Do you you actually have anything value if all you have is the scare that it's going to break? You could actually say, if I'm scared it's going to break, I obviously have something good, I'm going to use my car more. And you just get, you fall in love with your car. Because I'm so scared it's going to break, hey, I value it. Somebody has a, has a relative that's so scared they're going to get hurt. So they could just be, go into that zone, I'm so scared. Hey, I actually have something I like. I can be mechazic that thing and appreciate it. And get, just, just care more about it. And the response to being afraid to lose life is to care more about life and to define what life is for and to grab on to more. So, so I'm going to define more life and hold on to it and use it more and celebrate it more because, hey, I value this.
That's like a precious response to fear, to being afraid, a much more precious response. I don't say today, it's not the most relevant now. I don't think there's much fear in this room, probably zero fear. So it's not the response, but I'm saying in a similar note of paying for things, much like fear, forces us to define what I'm doing, why I'm doing, to grab on to more what I'm doing, because there's steep prices and prices. So the fear part we don't have, but we have prices to pay which force us to define what I'm doing, why I'm doing, and, and value it more. I have to pay so much for doing this, for doing that, I'm going to value it more. And that is what I'm really asking all the guys and, and encouraging us all that in all our decisions of the next step, there are more prices to pay, there's more uncertainty, but let's value the decision we do make and that which we choose, let's value it. We become choosers and whatever you've chosen, whatever you've chosen, let's attack with a, with a certain focus, a sense, I came here and I came here to do something, let's do it. And I want from us all, from us all, I came here to do something. Define pretty well, Make goals, set pretty achievable goals, set goals for what you're doing. I came here and I'm gonna do it. I came here and you chose something. There was a lot of choosing over the list. Enough choosing, Rabbi Say now let's go. Enough, let's get to the next stage. There was a lot of choosing, beautiful choosing. Very inspiring. I'd almost, Yaakov, define this period the last few weeks, amongst other things, as a period of choosing. People were clearing and deciding and thinking through so you've all decided. I was very happy that Yaakov in his incredible speech by Shalashuddha spoke about the pain. Spoke about the pain, Yoyim Tzara. The Yoyim Tzara, the pain that, that allows you to acquire something. And Hashem designed the world. I don't say why Hashem designed the world that way, but it's a fact. What you pay, what's hard, what difficult, makes it yours, makes you own it, makes you connect to it. Remember the mama who connects to the baby quicker. Remember the drink that you pay for, you finish the bottle. When you don't pay, you take four sips and throw it out. What you pay, you value. What you don't pay, you don't value. Rabbi said this was a summer of decision. This was a summer, and decisions because there were prices to pay for things. It wasn't just the script anymore. So now, Rabbi said, we all decided things. Most of us have made our decision. Go own your decision. Keep in mind, you went, you're going, wherever you're going, you're going for a purpose. Go own it and make that purpose, make it come alive. Connect to what you decided. You paid for this. That was a price. Whether your payment was not going to so your payment was yes, because you went and you decided to do this, now make it worth it. Remember in your mind what you came, what you decided, and own the decision and make it worthwhile. So that's what I wanted to share with the guys. I want you to remember all your life when there are hardships. All your life when there are challenges, that challenges and hardship are an opportunity to connect to something. In marriage, when you have hardship, that's when you're going to become a husband. When there are hardships, that's when you're going to become a father. I remember a father expressing this to me. He, he, I remember what he said to me. He, he, wanted, he was bringing his son for an interview and he wanted his son to be successful. He said to me, I just hope you realize that my son's not from, he wanted to say, I'll kill you. He said, I'll kill myself. 
Like the Gemara has such a lush and like a clean lush. He, didn't want, he wasn't going to say, I'll kill you. He wanted to say, I'll kill you. My son's not from me. Just, he wasn't like, he didn't feel that was a great way to start our relationship. So he said, I'll kill myself. My son's not from, but he told me, I want you to understand. He said, this son, there were challenges along the way. He made me a father. He said, my other kids, it was easier. He said, I became a father through this son. He said, you understand, he made me a father. But I remember the man told him, that's what he said. He said, this son made me a father. And he said, if he goes off to Derek, he said, I'll kill myself. He made me a father. That's what he said. But um, hardship connects us to things. Remember that all our lives. There are challenges that stand in the way of all, the, all important accomplishments. And it's Hashem's way of connecting us to our accomplishment. Otherwise, we could do external things, but they're not. The Chavetz Chaim describes David. He describes Olam Haba that the more Lishma you are, is the more connected. Your actions are your children. In Olam Haba, there's like literally, there's you and there's your actions. He, the Chavetz Chaim says you can get to visit, you know, you have visitation rights. You get to see your actions sometimes. These are deep concepts. The Chavetz Chaim writes, the more Lishma, the more you like live with your act. Your actions, Ke'ilu, are in Olam Haba and you can fabrain with them. Kishmak. You get together, you have good times. But the more lishma, the more you get to fabrain with your actions. The more difficulty you overcome, the more they're part of you. And then you're mamish tzaman. You're together mamish. Do I understand these concepts? No. Do I, do, do I get what's being said here? You're much more connected to your maizim when you overcome for them. So keep in mind with hardships and any idealism you want to do, when you face hardships, don't, bet, don't, don't move away from it. Understand this is your chance to, to become one with it, to become much more connected to what you're doing because you overcame for it, because you paid for it. So keep in mind in anything that you do when there are hardships, now is your chance to own it. Eretz Yisroel, all nipnis biyasurim. When there's difficulty, keep in mind the birth pangs. A mama connects to her child in a deep, deep way because she paid for it. So that's something that I wanted to share with the Chavra. All of us should be Zeicha. We're shooting Pashat, we're shooting for for Kenyan All of us should be Zeicha. There's tremendous beauty, tremendous happiness, a beautiful world. I don't want to say it's a beautiful world, Hashem's world of Chesed, of feeling Hashem's kindness. There are times Hashem, even in His kindness, makes us pay part of His kindness. He can give it for free. But He wants us, He just doesn't want us to throw out the bottle after two sips. That wouldn't be cool. He wants us, he just wants us to drink L'toivlach, the whole Gatorade. It's good for us. It causes us not to dehydrate. It's geschmack to drink. He wants us to drink the whole Gatorade, so he asks to pay five cents for it. So everybody uh, uh, give a nickel for it. The nickel then he puts back in our bank account, unbeknownst to us. Puts it right, but he asks us to pay for it. Then we get schar for the hardship. It goes right back to our bank account. So when we face hardship, Keep in mind, don't bend, don't back away. Deepen your resolve, deepen your commitment, deepen your connection to the thing that you want to acquire. So let's learn our last Gemara. One varm, we should sing a varm in The song I want to sing, Rev Teitelbaum is a beautiful Yiddar host, and he said, it's interesting that he noticed this. He hasn't been around as much, He's, he is distancing. But he noticed, he said, you didn't sing Kiyem Chayenu as much this year. That's what he said. So good notice, good notice. He said, I like that song. That left an impression, I like that song. So okay, it's true, we did replace it with an everlasting love. 
And you have to do, I don't like doing last year, I like doing this year, but Ki Yem is a beautiful song. So let's sing that one for sure. Ki Yem Chayeinu V'yoyzev Yameinu Uvahem Negeyoyman V'loylon Ki Yem Chayeinu V'yoyzev Yameinu
possible of saying this story. He says, Mom, a bear. He always says it lost us. As I can know, so you never mess with that. When you see a baby bear, it's way more dangerous than you see a mother bear. Sometimes you know the mom is right around just taking care right? So why is baby bears tiny little thing? In a lot of ways, what we see. No, I got a duck. What happened? No, no, In a lot of ways, what we see, the B'nai Torah that we see, I, I, I've spent, we spent this last Akufa after Akiva came back from Lost Kemp and impacted so much there. What are we seeing? We're seeing people who paid, who, who worked hard, who acquired with, with, with fight. That it wasn't just going with the flow. They made decisions. They weren't just going with the flow and going. We spoke yesterday that beautiful Sifornu on the parasha, that Kshayorif, stubborn and brazen, is a person who doesn't make a change. Arpa is called Kshayorif. Arpa, Arpa, the famous Arpa who didn't want to make that move. Rus is the opposite of Arpa. Rus heard and she completely shifted her life. And Arpa was right, right there, and she was Arpa, Arif. Arif is that back of the neck. She couldn't turn. She's Arpa. Her name is Arpa. She's the Spitz. You're right there. Uh, uh, take that turn. Arpa. She's stiff neck. She couldn't make the turn. You're seeing people the opposite of Kshayarif. People who've, who've made that turn, who've, who've climbed, who've decided to be around Akiva these weeks is precious, is priceless to be around Bnei Tayyar. There are other, it doesn't mean like once we decided, it's like, it doesn't just go by, its, by itself, that's not how life works. We're not Kshayarif, we're willing to turn and bend, and all our life, it demands of us. Anything important we want to do and accomplish demands decisions, it demands commitment. All of us, every single one of us, to continue to be Eula, continue to climb, to overcome obstacles. I called my dad years ago, I called my father years ago, that it says, I'm novel. Coming up shortly in the parish, it says, I'm novel. You worn out people. And Uncle says, I'm a dekabilia raisa. Your nation was makabal the Torah. And I asked my tata, why does novel mean, novel means to wear yourself out. Why does it mean the nation was makabal the Torah? And he told me, chazal, because ain't not termes kemes el misha minabel you have to be menabil. The Kenyan, the way you acquire anything is by knocking yourself out, is by overcoming, by paying. That's how you acquire anything. Otherwise, it remains distance. You throw out a half-drunk bottle of Gatorade. The way you acquire something, connect to it profoundly, is by paying for it, by a price. All of us should be zaycha to make acquisitions. A zakein is called zekana. This man acquired. It's always fascinating. It doesn't even say zakech, zekana He acquired. What else can you acquire? Very few things do we mamish become one with zekana. This man, a Talmud Chacham, didn't just learn. He's not a chamar noisei He acquired. You acquire when you pay a price. Then it's you, it's yours, and it's you. It's yours, and it's you. So understand that with all the accomplishments that we want, when there are obstacles which they'll always be, fight through. Fight through, and it becomes yours and you. She have tremendous success.
Sumash.